Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we're going to have a quick little podcast today. Uh, we were supposed to, well, I'm not sure if we were supposed to. I thought we were talking to Carl Durrell today. Um, turns out that's going to be tomorrow, Monday. So we're going to uh, do a quick podcast talking about some other things instead because there is some news that I wanted to get to. And. Uh, we're going to do that right after I tell you a little bit more about Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, Green Mountain Dental is a great place to go uh, if you need to get your teeth cleaned. And the reason why is because if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, you can get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal. Green Mountain Dental is a family-owned business. It's located just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood, uh, and we really can't recommend them enough because they've done a lot of great work for a bunch of DMVR members, DMVR listeners in the past, and some DMVR employees as well. So make sure you get out there, get your teeth cleaned, get the cleaning x-ray and exam to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal. Make sure you take advantage of it. Okay, uh, so the news that I want to go through uh real quick well not too quick because i do have some thoughts but fairly quickly is that uh the buffs have a new quarterback uh jt shrout the redshirt sophomore from tennessee is transferring to colorado um he threw four touchdowns three interceptions in 2020 uh got on the field a little bit for the most part it was um Jarrett Guarantano at quarterback for the Volunteers. Uh, but Shrout got in a little bit this year. He finished the season 24-42, uh, 315 yards, and uh, four touchdowns, three interceptions, like I said. Sacked twice, um, and those are the numbers. Uh, his He actually had 7.5 yards per attempt, um, which is better than Guarantano's 6.7 yards per attempt. Um Kind of weird to see, though, considering that Gorantano completed 62% of his passes compared to J.T. Shrout's 57%. But uh, the reason is that J.T. wants to throw the ball downfield, and he uh, made some great plays with his arm while he was at Tennessee. Um, some just beautiful deep balls, like like dropping the ball 50 yards downfield right on the money. And that's a weapon. And... I think that that's really what the Buffs want to do. That's what they want to see out of their quarterback is 
a big arm, somebody who can push the ball downfield because if you look at the personnel on this team, you know, Levante Chenault, Brandon Rice, Dimitri Stanley, um, all the way down. Like even Daniel Arias is somebody who you think of as a, as a downfield receiver. The way this offense is set up is for these receivers to go downfield and make plays because that's what their strength is. Brandon Rice, we've seen the speed. We've seen it on the punt return touchdown. We saw it on the uh, screen pass. He took 60 yards for a touchdown. But if if you could use that speed to beat a defender without the ball and then get the ball thrown to you, that would be ideal. And JT Shrout, he gives you the ability to do exactly that because he does have such a big arm. Now, like I said, he, he only completed 57% of his passes, only 42 attempts this year. Um, but the year before, he had 27 attempts, completed less than half of those. One touchdown, no interceptions, though, so that puts him to 5-3 and three in his career. I think that there's there's plenty to like. You know, 6'3", 213. I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, his best game, uh, including the, that deep ball that I was talking about, was against Florida. At the time, Florida was ranked number 6. I'm pretty sure... Are they still 6? or I think They might have dropped to 7 because they lost to LSU. But right around there. And he went into the game, completed 12 of 14 passes, 121 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. I mean... He can do some really good things. Like I said, he's a redshirt sophomore. That means he's actually going to be a redshirt sophomore again next year for CU. So he should have three years of eligibility left. Um, and, and really, he's just another option. Um, he's, he's somebody who fills in the void that was created by Tyler Lytle leaving. As it stands right now, like heading into the Alamo Bowl, the quarterback depth chart is Sam Neuer, one, Brendan Lewis, the true freshman, number two, and then uh, an or for the number three spot, um, and it could be either Grant Sicarone or Michael Chandler. Both of those two are walk-ons. Sicarone is a redshirt freshman. Chandler is a, a true freshman. So that's just not much depth. You know, you're two injuries away from playing a walk-on. And, you know, I'm actually really excited about Michael Chandler. I haven't seen a lot of Grant Sicarone, but he could be exciting as well. So you needed a quarterback, and that's what this move is, is the Buffs literally needed a quarterback. And to be honest, I think that they did a pretty good job of finding one. You know, you, you look at the numbers, and then they aren't jumping off the page. But if you go back and watch what he did against Florida, you, you definitely see some potential in him. And that's what you're looking for in this spot is just one more young quarterback who could have some sort of potential. And by the way, um, I mentioned the depth chart. We're going to go through this whole depth chart, a bunch of other stuff in the notes. All of my notes on um, the the Texas Longhorns, um, all that kind of stuff, previewing the Alamo Bowl on Monday's podcast. So stay tuned for that. And also on Monday, we'll be doing a post-game show for the Colorado-Arizona basketball game. So stay tuned to that as well. Um, wrapping up my thoughts on Shrout. Um, here's, here's what I see happening. Here's how I see him fitting in with Colorado. I think that maybe he'll have a chance to compete with Sam for the quarterback job in 2021 next year. Um, 
I think that if Sam goes out, beats Texas, and puts up a, a, a solid performance, you know, he was a, a key contributor to a win over a ranked opponent in the bowl, in a bowl game. I think that that means that his job is going to be pretty safe next year. You know, we've seen a lot of really good things from Sam this year, and you have to remember that this is his only real college experience. You know, he got in late in a couple of games, but that really doesn't count for much. Um, and, and giving him a chance to really get his feet wet, understand what's going on around him, I, I think that you should expect him to come back even better next year. Um, and for that reason, I do think that it's his job. I mean, he, he was second team all Pac-12. Those quarterbacks don't get benched. I mean, it makes me want to go back and look through all of the all Pac-12 quarterbacks in the last like decade or whatever and see how many got benched the next year. I would guess that it's not very many. Um, you just don't see guys perform as well as Sam performed and then not come back as quarterback the next year. Now it is college football, and if you have some breakout star in camp that you just have to get some touches for, well, maybe maybe you do have a package for Brendan Lewis next year. And if Brendan performs well in that package and Sam struggles, then Brendan takes over. Um, it's a little bit tougher for JT to go that route because he 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 doesn't provide like that athletic ability that Brendan does. You know, he he's more of a pocket passer, more of a big arm guy who wants to push the ball downfield. And you don't see those guys sub in all that often. It's it's that's not how it works in football. Like right now, whenever somebody has a sub package quarterback, it's gonna be a guy who can run the ball. And the and the truth is, I would be surprised if Brendan Lewis can run the ball much better than Sam does. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if there are different styles of runner. I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan's faster. Um, he's he seems like a, a more linear athlete, a little bit less bulky. But because of that bulk, Sam is able to just run guys over. And those extra two, three yards on every run really does level the playing field. And that's why I'm not sure you really need to have packages that spell Sam because he's a dual threat quarterback. What can he not do? Um, So I, I do think that it's Sam's job next year. And again, college football, you never know. Things are crazy. You got to fight for your job at all times. But assuming Sam goes out there, puts together a respectable performance, I think that he probably trains all offseason as a starting quarterback, and uh, I think he comes back even better. Where J.T. Shrout really factors in is the next year, um, 2022. Sam will not be eligible, you know, barring another pandemic that causes all athletes to have another year of eligibility. Um and what you're going to be left with is JT Shrout as a redshirt junior, Brendan Lewis as a redshirt fresh. No, no, no. He'll be a. No, that would be right. Because he'll be a true freshman again next year. So he'd be a redshirt freshman. And you'd have. Um. The Drew Carter. Wow, I had a space on his name. The the true freshman who's going to be coming in next year, um, except that he'd be a redshirt freshman um, the next year, um, and that's really what you'd be looking like: redshirt junior, J.T. Shrout, redshirt freshman Brendan Lewis and Drew Carter, all competing for the job. And I think that that's a much better position to be in than the position the Buffs are in without 
JT Shroud. Um, and the reason is you just have a guy who's gone out there on a football field and done it before, which isn't going to be the case with Drew Carter or Brendan Lewis, barring something crazy happening. You know, if, if Sam gets hurt, Sam, who knows? I mean, in theory, Sam could still declare for the NFL draft this year. If, if he has a huge game, you know, maybe maybe he does want to take the risk. It, it surprised me just because I don't think he's put enough on tape. Um, it could be that NFL teams look at all the tools he has and says, or say, you know, it, with, with basically no prep, he was able to come into the season, do what he did, lead Colorado to a bowl game, something that doesn't happen all that often at Colorado. Um, maybe we can take a flyer on him and see if we can develop him into a quarterback here instead of giving him another year to develop on his own at Colorado. Um, it's possible. It would surprise me. It, it does seem like he needs to put more on tape and really prove it before anybody would be willing to take that sort of chance on him. Um, but it's the draft and crazy things happen. And if he says, you know what, I'm going to look into the draft pro- process or however they do it. I think you declare and then undeclare or whatever. He might hear from teams that they're interested and decide that, you know, you, you don't pass up an opportunity at the NFL, especially considering where he was just a year ago um, in the transfer portal, looking for somewhere to play with no experience to work off of. Things have gone really well for Sam Noyer in the last year, and maybe you just capitalize on that instead of seeing if uh, you can repeat it over 12 games. And I don't think this is going on with Sam, but maybe Sam's thinking, Boy, did we get a lot of bounces. Boy, did things really just shake out right for me. I'm not sure if we could replicate this. I'm not sure if I could replicate this. I better take my chance now because I don't think I'm going to have as good of odds next year. Possible. Again, it really does seem like Sam's going to be back next year. Um, Again, though, college football, nothing is a certainty. So just to sum things up, the, the way I see it is Sam is the guy next year. There will be a competition for the backup spot. Those competitions are always so good, um, especially for young quarterbacks, forcing them to to really play well. And I really like that they're going to be competing against somebody who at least has a, a couple of accomplishments under his belt um, and somebody who can hit on the deep balls and really challenge guys to, to get those down and be accurate downfield. Um, I really think that that competition is going to be good for these guys. And I also think that the next year... JT just provides a level of insurance. You know, it's a guy who's played college football before, and at that point, he will have had a full year of practice under his belt um, on top of what we've already seen from him, and he should be a better quarterback then. And if his completion percentage this year was 57 or whatever, you know, that one year of practice may be what gets it up to 61, 62. And because he takes so many uh, downfield shots, that average that that yards per attempt should be even higher as well and and in a zone where you really feel good about it um and then you have that as a baseline and if brendan lewis and and drew carter and even grant sicarone and and mike chandler if if they can't go out there and beat him out well that means that they probably shouldn't be the quarterback anyway um it, it just gives you almost like this insurance a guarantee that you are going to have a guy who can can at least handle himself um, when the time comes. You aren't going to be stuck picking between some some guys who aren't ready. 
um, and knowing that you're going to be in a tough situation. So I really like it. I think that he's a great fit. Um, I think that he provides exactly what the Buffs need, just that downfield threat, because you have so many receivers who are great downfield threats. Now, you know, Brendan, Levante, they haven't capitalized on all of their chances so far, but that's who they are as players, is downfield receivers who you want to give a chance to. And I think in the Pac-12, they could terrorize these defensive backs. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's what's up with JT Shrout. Um, excited to get him here, and uh, we'll see what's going on. All right, real quick, uh, give a quick shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, they do great work. They make incredible beer. And if you are looking for a new beer to try, try one of theirs. They're all so good, whether it's the uh, Colorado Core, the Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale. Um, they, I think they just brought back the, oh, what's it called? Mile High City Copper Lager, uh, which is their Nuggets beer, the beer that they partner with the Nuggets for. Um, so many great beers, though. And you really should check them out. Uh, you should also check out the farmhouse down in Littleton. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on down there. Um, ice skating, tubing, outdoor dining and drinking. Um, it's just a cool spot to spend a day with your family or with whoever um, that's safe during a pandemic. Those are tough places to find. So get out there, support them, and uh, drink some good beer. The 2021 basketball season is here. The teams around the league took the offseason to retool and revamp and are ready to hit the court. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has rolled out another one of their can't-miss offers. Trying DraftKings Sportsbook is easy, so what are you waiting for? Get in on all of the action now. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new players 100-1 to 1 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any featured matchup this week, and if your team wins, you cash a crisp $100. While we're all excited for the return of basketball, let's not forget football's playoffs are right around the corner, so head to the app now to check out all of DraftKings daily odds boosts. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any featured matchup this week. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right uh, we're gonna wrap up this is technically the end of the week it's a sunday and honestly what's what's screwing up these weeks is just the bowl games making college football an everyday sport which is a lot of fun but also it college football is what decides my time in my life and how I know when is when. Um, and so that kind of scares me. But uh, for this week's DraftKings pick of the week, we're going to be going through all of the bowl games um, until we do another DraftKings pick of the week, which I'm trying to decide. We're going to do it on Thursday, right before all the New Year's Six Bowls. That's the right way to do it, I think. Um, and then we'll get a specific preview for those the day before. And um, actually, as of right now, the next bowl game, well, actually, it's not Texas-Colorado. That just shows up at the top because I have them favorited. Um, the next bowl game is actually also going to be Tuesday, but a few hours earlier, um, Oklahoma State playing Miami. 
Oklahoma State favored by two. You know what? I'm going to go with Miami. You know, it does kind of scare me a little bit because I do think Oklahoma State is probably the better team. But Miami with Derek King, we know that he's playing or assume he's playing since he is coming back next year. Um, I I think that that's probably the right side. Oklahoma State is favored by two, by the way. So Miami plus two is probably the way I go there. Next up, Texas, Colorado. Texas favored by nine. We're going to talk more about this tomorrow, like I said. But I will say that I think Colorado plus nine is a pretty good bet. Um, We'll talk more tomorrow, but just because Texas is going to be without Samuel Cosme, the left tackle who declared for the draft, um, Joseph Osai, the edge rusher who declared for the draft, both of whom could be first-round picks, you know, that really does level things. And it sucks the Buffs aren't going to have Nate, but having the other team missing, let's see, yeah, I mean, probably their two best players, that does make things better for Colorado. Um Wednesday, wow, we're just going to fly through all these. Um, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Wisconsin favored by seven. I, I do like Wisconsin minus seven. You know, it, it does scare me. We we follow Graham Mertz pretty closely. I guess not so much on this podcast as the draft podcast, but he looked incredible. His first game really fell off from there. The true freshman, no, redshirt freshman quarterback at Wisconsin. Um, I do think that he can take advantage of Wake Forest, and I think that Wisconsin is going to be able to bully Wake Forest in the trenches. Minus seven is a little bit more than I want to give up for this game. Um, But I do think that it's probably Wisconsin. Um, Florida playing Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Florida favored by three. I think Florida, first of all, I don't care what the line is set at. Take the over. Both these teams, I think, are going to be scoring a whole lot of points. Um, But I think Florida comes out on top. Florida minus three. yeah, I guess you got to take it. Um, but Florida's going to put up, I don't know. I mean, they might hit triple digits in this one. And Oklahoma's going to be pretty close behind them, I think. Um, Thursday, Tulsa, Mississippi State. Oof. Why is Mississippi State in a bowl game? This is one of the really frustrating things. I mean, they're 3-7. and seven. Arkansas, another SEC team at 3-7 and seven is going to be a bowl game that day. I mean, that's Tulsa. Tulsa is going to beat Mississippi State. Um, Tulsa only favored by 2.5. They should honestly be favored by more. I think that there's – anytime you see a group of five team playing an SEC team, that's going to shift the line just a little bit too much, and I think Tulsa does handle this. Um, let's see, three more. Ball State, San Jose State. Ugh. Um, I go San Jose State. I know they're favored by nine and a half. We, we're taking a lot of favorites so far. Have we gone? We've taken two underdogs and four favorites. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I do think. I mean, San Jose State. They look really good. They they're one of the best stories in college football this year. Uh, Nick Starkle at quarterback has finally found a home. Um, minus nine and a half, though. Yeah, I, I think you got to go minus nine and a half. Um, West Virginia Army. I go Army uh, to cover the seven against West Virginia. Um, triple option, all that. West Virginia. I've had some high points. 
um, had some low points too, um, including getting smacked by Iowa in the last game. Um, yep. I don't feel super comfortable in this one, but we are going to take Army with the points. And then uh, last one before the New Year's Six Bowls, Arkansas at TCU. I guess not at TCU. It's a bowl game. Um, TCU favored by four. I feel like we got to go with the same logic from before. The SEC teams are going to be a little bit overvalued. And, you know, these SEC teams don't belong in bowl games. The, this is another 3-7 and seven team. It's it's not like we're saying, oh, this average SEC team. No, these are the bottom of the barrel. And I think that they're going to look like the bottom of the barrel. Um, so we're going to take TCU minus 4-2. Okay, uh, that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow with another show. We're going to be talking all about Texas. We're going to do, honestly, it might be kind of long, talking about everything about Texas, going through the notes, going through the film, going through all that kind of stuff, what matchups matter, and really what to expect from uh, the Alamo Bowl the last time we will see this CU Buffs team. Um, I'm excited. Oh, I should say, also we're going to be talking to Carl Durrell and Tom Herman on Monday. So we'll have some notes from both of them as we get into this game as well. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the DMVR postgame show, DMVR Buffs postgame um, after the Arizona game tonight. And then we'll have those for basketball games every Saturday, I believe, for the rest of the season. Um, cause I'm pretty sure from here on out, the buffs play Thursdays and Saturdays cause they're in the conference play. Um, and then of course there'll be a post game show after the Alamo bowl on Tuesday as well. So stay tuned for all that. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening and I'll be back tomorrow. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we station, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
survival. Give them thoughts, give them thoughts, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway.